0: you to turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter number 3. Daniel chapter number 3 and we're going to look at verse number 17 and 18 this morning. Daniel chapter 3 verses 17 and 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or a device that your Bible might be on Amen. And can we stand together for the reading of God's Word this morning? Very familiar passage of Scripture. Uh, we are well acquainted with uh, this and know, um, know the, if you will, some of the ins and outs of this particular story. Um, but this morning, I believe God truly has something to speak to our hearts today. Amen, in regards to this. Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, and this, if you will, let me just fill in a few blanks. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response to King Nebuchadnezzar. I want you to hear, listen carefully. It says, If it be so, our God, whom we serve is able, somebody shout, able. He's able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, no, nor worship the golden image which Thou hast set up. Amen. There is a lot said right here in just a few short verses, a very powerful and potent statement, declaration. And this morning, if we can, I would just like to preach for a few moments on the thought, even if, even when, and even then, amen, even if, even when, and even then. Amen. Can we pray together this morning? Father, once again, we thank you today for your blessing. We thank you for your mighty hand. And Lord, we're thankful, Lord, in what we know that you can do. And Father, I pray today that by your Spirit, you would anoint every heart and ear in this building. Anoint my mind and lips to preach and declare the Word of God accordingly. I pray with clarity in the unction of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I pray today that you would meet us and these altars and help us, Lord, that we can leave here. Our prayer always is that we leave differently than the way that we've come. And Father, we're quick to give you praise and all of the glory. And we do ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church would say, Amen and Amen. You can be seated this morning. Even if, even when, and even then. Hallelujah. I want you to understand today that as we look at this particular passage of Scripture... I'm often, and as a matter of fact, this has often been uh, one of my favorites to look at, is the life of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. A commitment of these young men to a standard of excellence to serve the Lord. Here, as you know and are acquainted with, that the children of Israel have been taken into captivity. Many of the young men here recruited by Nebuchadnezzar to be used and utilized in various capacities within the kingdom. We see that God had given favor. God had been moving in these young men's life because of their commitment to the Lord. The word of God says that they had made a purpose within their heart that they would not defile the Lord. That they would not give themselves over unto the pleasures that were there in Babylon, into the immoral practices, or to forsake the things that they had been taught and instructed in, amen, as young men who had grown up adhering to the law, the law of God. And as a result of this, we find that God had been meeting them with divine favor. One of the things that impresses me the most is the fact that these are young men. These are not adults who have been well set in their ways. These are not folks that have been around and been in the synagogues and a part of the teaching forever. But these were men, they were, had been separated from their homes. Separated from their families and their parents. Nobody there, Brother Marvin, to tell them to do this and do that. Nobody there to say, hey, daddy's watching you or mama's listening. But they had made a decision and a resolution in their heart. Even though they were far away from what they had known and far away from the people who maybe had governed them or looked over them in their life, we come to see and recognize that they had made a decision that long before they were here at this fiery furnace, a decision had been made and a, a decree, if you will, and a commitment within their hearts of exactly where they were going to I want you to understand this morning is that a lot of times when we look around at the affair of the church, the state, if you will, the state of being of the church, sadly we find is that in tumultuous times, and this was a tumultuous time for the children of Israel, you must understand that as being taken into captivity, they had lost their rights, they had lost their liberty, if you will under the mandate and the declaration and decree of another king a pagan king at that and as a result of this in turbulent times we can find that in these moments is that where there is really a test a test of faith a test of our consecration a test of commitment you'll find as to where a lot of times is that when things are good, and when things seem to be easy, and when things seem to be comfortable, every is on board. Amen. Every Everybody's on board. It's easier to worship then. It's easier to be in church then. It's easier to live for God in times when things are high. When things are well. Where there's an attitude of revival. When there are moments that just seem absolutely supernatural and wonderful. And everybody is buzzing about the goodness of God. And everybody's got a testimony and everybody's got a song. And everybody loves the sermon And everybody is engaged And responding And everything seems to be good But can I say this morning church As I believe in what we are seeing Even in the world in the current time right now Is there is an upending There is upheaval There is uncertainty There is a separation That is going on What do you mean by separation? The Bible declares to us that Christ has a church that is making itself ready. A bride that is without spot and blemish. Whose garment is white and washed. Those that have been making preparation. And those that are living with the anticipation of the coming of the Lord. Those that have made a dedication and a commitment long ago that no matter what the situation might bring. No matter matter the state of the affairs of this world and may I even get down to the heart of the matter in our lives because it's one thing to look at the stage of the world as long as right here in the good old US of A that we're just going on with life as normal, we're doing what we need to do, we, we're not interrupted, our lives are not plagued by war our lives are not plagued by financial upheaval, everything things seems pretty good brother Jacob and there can often be a disconnect but I want to say even today to someone that it may not be the affairs and the upheaval on the world stage but even in your personal life even in the sake of your family where there are contentions and upheaval and some things that are not working out the way that you anticipated the way that you dreamed the Way that you fantasized, the way that you had thought, it's not working the way that you had put all your eggs in the basket and come to believe that it would go. I want to say that in times like these, there still must be a people who is able to stand and declare that we are going to be committed, we are going to be faithful, we are going to hold fast, we are going to serve. No matter what comes our way. Now, understand that is easier said than done. Understand that this morning I don't say that to hype and pump you, and finish with a crescendo of what we must do, and everybody can say an amen. But I want you to know that some this morning are in places to where there have been major questions. To where there has been some things that have hurt so bad, been so painful. There are some things right now going on that when it comes to you and your relationship with God, you love God, but right now you don't understand God. Did you know you can be in that place? You can love Him, but Sister Janie, you can be in a situation where you don't understand Him. Hence, I want to start with this, even if, even if, as I said a lot of times, let me just say it for what it is, a lot of times we are serving God based on contingencies. We are serving God, and let me even put it this way, our level of commitment, our, our pursuit of Him. Our surrender to His Lordship often comes with contingencies. God can move and God can speak. God has been dealing on very such things for several weeks now in this church. God has been speaking about His will, about His Lordship, about our surrender, our brokenness, our response to Him in repentance, a turning away from things and a turning to Him. This has been a theme and a thread that if you have been paying attention and having ears to hear, you will see that that has been what God has been speaking and leading. But let me say, it is one thing to come in, find and altar a prayer. Weep some tears and make some commitments. It is one thing to say yes Lord I will surrender all but we do so with hidden agendas. We do so with our contingencies because somewhere in the back of our mind, somewhere in the secret place of our heart we will say God I have no problem with that as long as you answer this prayer. As long As long as you meet this need, as long as you open this door, as long as, because often we think that when we step out of a certain place and into a certain place with God, sometimes if we're not careful, our attitude says that God owes us something. And therefore, we get folks involved in trying to meet spiritual checklists, jump through the hoops, go through the calisthenics of what they think to do because somewhere, somehow, we might think God's will can be manipulated. But it cannot I want to challenge the church that today that maybe vows you have made, prayers you have prayed, offerings you have given, things you have pushed aside, fast you've been a part of, prayer meetings that you've attended, sermons that you've listened to, sitting on the edge of your seat, tears that have fallen in that altar, commitments that have been made. I pray today that it is not based upon contingency because there are going to be many even if moments in your life these young men stood before Nebuchadnezzar and I want you to listen carefully to their response because we know the end of the story and sometimes in our telling and sometimes in our reading we immediately have them in a place of victory because we know how the story ends but they didn't know how the story was going in they didn't know what was going to transpire but brother Pickens they stood and they said if it be so oh king in other words if this is what has to happen in our lives if this is what has to happen in our lives what does that mean It means that there are times that the if it be so, brother Gary, means there's the thorn in our flesh that Paul himself couldn't pray away. Oh, you're not shouting, but I'm preaching. To where Paul had to learn, Sister Sandy, that even in my weakness, that's when your strength is made perfect. If it be so, is Moses ostracized and living in exile, labeled as a murderer thinking that his purpose and plan is gone. It is Joseph sitting in a prison and the gifts and the calling of God overlooked and being forgotten about. If it be so, is Jesus himself when he goes three times and finds his very own inner circle who cannot keep their eyes open in the most crucial hour that come upon him it was him sister Linda when he said to the Lord nevertheless not my will but thine be done the Bible is chock full of many examples of those who would say if it be so this is my cross this is my burden is my thorn but we need some folks that if it be so it doesn't change where you stand in believing on him because there are some if it be so's that are sometimes hard to digest just being transparent and candid with you if it be so's is preachers' kids in hospitals with tumors on the brain. If it be so as is our babies with head injuries for weeks, not knowing, is there going to be any normality anymore. If it be so as is marriages that sometimes feel like they're on the brink and there's no recovery. If it be so as sometimes your prodigal children so far gone, and you're wondering, you're looking for just a glimmer of hope, and you can't seem to find any on the horizon. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching this morning. If it be so, is when you have been faithful in your finances and yet there's not enough money for the month or there's, a, there's situations on the job that are confusing. If it be so, is when you are up against spirits of darkness and devils that have latched themselves onto your children or your grandchildren and are wreaking havoc in your home. If it be so, is moments where our bodies, physically things change situations go on sister Linda we don't understand oh sister Gwen moments we don't know is it life or is it death if it be so I want to say their declaration said if it be so if this is what we've got to endure if this is what's going to happen they said if it be that our God would desire to deliver can I say this morning when you're in the if it be so there is an even if there is a possibility there is a purpose I want to tell somebody this morning that when you woke up and breathed in the breath of life and the sun rose over the horizon it is a new day for God to prove himself mighty and powerful in your situation Come on here. Even so, if this is our lot, if this is what we've got to deal with, here's what we know. They said, even if. I want you to notice they said this. Matter of fact, I want to read it. I want to be careful that you catch this. Because like I said, we know the outcome. But sometimes in all of our excitement we overlook It said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able. I want to stop right there. Our God, even if, even if this is our lot, even if this is our situation, they said, our God is able. Now I want you to understand something. I want you to hear me. Is that even if... It doesn't go as planned. Even if we have a problem with God's purpose. Even if our will doesn't catch on to what His will is. Even if they said, if this is the case, our God is able. I want you to listen carefully. They were looking at His ability over the outcome. You didn't catch that, but let me say it again. They were focused more on God's ability, more than they were focused on the outcome. You hear me? Because oftentimes, Brother Gary, when we pray, when we say we believe, and when we're walking into the furnaces... The contingency we have to believe God is that we will believe you God as long as the outcome is what we want. But they said our desire to serve, our resolution to stand is not based on the outcome but it's based on who He is. I want to tell somebody in this house whether the prayer is answered or not, whether the miracle happens or not, whether the door opens or it doesn't, it does not change the fact He is still God, He is still Lord, He is still King. It does not change His ability. We wanna shout, hoop, and holler for the outcome. Woo, the kids were saved. Woo, the the money came in. Woo, the the, the body was healed. But I believe God is wanting some folks that would say, if I never showed my hand, if I never gave you provision, if I never healed your body, if I never opened the door, would you still love me? Would you still serve me? Would you still be faithful? Even if. Even if there's nothing that this pastor delights in more than when I get a phone call, a text, or a meet-up here at the church and somebody says, you won't believe what God's done. Man, I love that. I love when somebody tells me an answer to prayer and all those things. And it's easy. I, I, we shout, we rejoice with you. But I just want to be real honest this morning. I want to be truthful with you. There are prayers that your pastors prayed. The answer was no. Did I understand it, Brother Wesley? Because it made perfect sense to me. But, Sister Sylvia, the answer was still no. Have you ever had to tell your child? Let me, let me really pull on some heartstrings. Have you ever had to tell your grandchildren? kids some folks like all oh, kids is one thing you start talking about them grandbabies oh oh hold on this is a whole other level right cuz most grandparents houses is like las vegas what happens at grandma's stays at grandma's right you were never allowed to eat candy or drink Cokes after eight o'clock, but your kids, here, baby, just, I mean, it's a never ending fountain, a never ending buffet. Sugar them up, send them back home, and I promise you, young adults, your parents are laughing all the way out the driveway. Yeah, wait till we. You... Come on. Brother Chris is agreeing with that. You hear him up there? Hey, Amen. I had a pawpaw and a granny that spoiled me rotten. But I, I still had grandparents that sometimes they said that foreign word I never, I never heard of. Happened in their house. Sometimes I was shocked, Brother Houston, when they said, Nope, you ain't going to do that. Can I say this morning that no does not mean God doesn't love you. No does not mean, Brother Eli, that he is not able We're either going to have to believe in his ability. That grabbed a hold of my heart. They said, We know he is able. If it be so, our God is able. Even if this is what we've got to face. Even if this is what we've got to do. But they were not even at that time thinking about the fact that they were going to live through the fiery furnace. They had no guarantees that Christ was going to show up. All they said is no matter the outcome, here's what we do know. He is our God. He is our Father. Can I say what would happen in the church if more people say? You know what? If what would testimony service look like if somebody stood to testify and said, "Brother Jake, I'm going to be honest. I still haven't seen the answer, and it seems like maybe the answer's no. But I will testify that God is still good, that God is still faithful, that God still reigns supreme, and that I am saved." And guess what? I'm going to stay saved. There's a novel idea. There's a novel idea. Sometimes the problem's not getting folks saved. The hardest task of the ministry is keeping folks saved. Because a lot of times we've got to run around. It's okay. Come on, Mikey. He didn't do this. I'm not pick. I'm not using him because he did this, but I'm using him. He's my cousin. I know he ain't going to punch me in case I want somebody else. <laughs> he said, "Are you sure about that?" Because too many times, it's okay, Mikey. Come on, don't quit. Don't give up. It'll be okay. Shh. Sh, 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 sh. You think I'm kidding? It's it's a plague in the church. We, we've been missing you, Mike. We've been missing you. What's going on? Well, you see, I've been praying. Don't you remember three weeks ago I was in the altar and I mean, Brother Jake, I snot and cried and I left puddles and pools everywhere up there and everybody's praying with me and God still hadn't answered the prayer. That miracle still didn't come in. I'm just, I'm just giving up. I'm quitting, whatever. And we can laugh and we can make fun, but that is the state of the church. We used to sing a song, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. Anybody heard that? I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And they'd say, I promised him that I would serve him till I die. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And you're singing that and you're lying through your teeth. What the words could be changes. I promised him that I would serve him as long as I get what I want. Thank you. Preach on, preacher. Okay, I will. I'll serve him as long as they got all the programs I think the kids need in the church. I'll serve him as long as the pastor preaches 30 minutes exactly. And God forbid if the spirit moves. And I mean that's better happen and that better happen. I'll serve him as long as they sing exactly three hymns. And we'll tolerate two courses. Oh, you're not shouting but I'm preaching this morning I'll serve him as long as I'll serve him as long as don't you be sitting here lying don't you be sitting in that pew and your heart so hard and calloused that it's got to be your way we do need some soldiers once again we do need some folks once again in the church I'm looking for a remnant and most important our Savior who would say, even if I'll serve Him until I die, I'll be faithful because He's faithful. How many of you heard testimony service where somebody stands up and they say, And if God never answered another prayer for me? You know what I want to do then? Just so you know, let's make it clear. When you go to testify, this is how your pastor feels when things like that are said. You know why? Because the truth is, if God really listened to that request and never answered another prayer, truth is, you'd be backslid in six months. Truth is, You'd quit church. You'd be bitter against God and the church and everything else that had to do with Him. We need some folks that are in this for even if. Because I'm not looking for the outcome, I'm looking for His ability. I'm trusting. Here's, here's something. Are you ready? This is a big revelation. I know His character. And His character is as that Sister Gay, He loves His children. And I have to be resolved in the fact that if God doesn't, Sister Phyllis, He loves me enough for it not to happen. But I want to tell you something. It's easier said than done if cancers aren't cured. If He never would have got out of that bed, Sister Kim. If your babies never give their life to God, can we still say, Even if I know, God, that you are able. Sometimes we struggle with his purpose. We struggle with what he's doing. Jeremiah 29 and 11, listen, he said, I know the thoughts I think towards you. This is talking of God's character. A lot of times, Brother Pickens, we associate scriptures like this that we're basing it off of outcomes. Oh, bless God. How many of you heard people, I'll quote this, I know God's going to do it. He's going to work it out. No, this reveals his heart and his character. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The problem is, is we put our interpretation on that, and we have our own idea of the fairy tale ending. Psalms one thirty-eight and eight: The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Sister Kayla, that tells me he is he is involved in the intricate details of our personal life. Everything that seems out of control, everything, every fault, every failure, everything, he says he will perfect that which concerns me. But, Brother Danny, first, I have to resolve that I'm going to serve him even if, because the perfecting is a process, the perfecting is tough. The mercy, I love this, because it says, God will perfect that which concerneth me. And then he says this, Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Because in the perfecting, Sister Laura, we need His mercy. And thank God there's plenty of it to endure forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. You know what that lets me know? Have you ever put your hand to a project and you could not get that project to bend to your will? Come on here. Have you ever thrown a tool across the garage? (sighs) Have you ever slammed shut the computer? Have you ever chunked the mouse across the desk? We're too spiritual and dignified and holy to do anything like that. Lie or lie or pants on fire. I know better. Been there. I mean, you just do. You. And you can You've been working. You've been doing. I mean, you've been slaving. You've been getting it all together. You know. Have you ever typed up? I had. I had about, I was about four weeks into a sermon series. All typed up. I mean, it was, I had been working on it, adding on to it. I went in to open it up one day. It vanished. Brother Chris, I nearly lost my sanctification. All of that word that was supposed to be in me, Sister Cindy, it about ran out the door. Come on here. But I want you to notice this. He said, He will perfect that which concerns me, thy mercy. Look at the stages of what he's saying. Because in the perfecting, we need his mercy at work. And then he said this, forsake not the work of thine own hands. What's that mean, Sister Linda Rich, when we're a little hard-headed and stubborn? When God's trying to work on us and God's trying to shape us? He says, God, please don't walk away from me. Please don't leave me where I'm at. I know I can be difficult. I know I've got imperfections. I know I'm going to disappoint you at times, Lord. But please don't quit working on me. Don't forsake your work. Because you said you would perfect it. Even if. Even when. I want you to understand this. I believe that if we can grab a hold of even if if we're trusting God's ability and we believe His purpose no matter what the other thing that we grapple with is God's timing. Even when. There are many of us right here in this house you can say you've been praying for things some of you 5 years, 10 years, 12 years. Some of you have been praying for something for a week and it feels like an eternity. We have to remember that God's delays are not denials. Denials. We have to remember that God gives us divine detours because He is working on our behalf. But we get impatient. And we get hurried. We get panicked. We are trying to figure it out. We are trying to put all the pieces together. And I just want to remind you is that even when, even when it seems like God's taking a long time, even when it seems like uh, you've been on the outskirts and you're in the obscurity of things, uh, even when it seems like your day in the sun seems like it'll never come, even when it seems like... Everybody else is shouting. Everybody else has prayer answered. Everybody else is in revival. But what about me? Oh, can I challenge you this morning that even when the timing is tough, even when it seems that the day is far spent and the night is at hand, it does not prohibit the fact that God's timing is always perfect. It is always perfect. You see what you have to understand that so many times what is a part of God's purpose, it has to be perfectly aligned with God's time. So even with has to, or even if has to hold hands with even when. Can I ask somebody is there anybody here that you could genuinely testify that you were thankful? That God did some things in your life and and that you're genuinely thankful it never happened a day earlier? Because you say, if it would have happened one day sooner, it would have destroyed me. It wouldn't have have lined up. His purpose, the purpose of what he's doing, the perfecting, it wouldn't have came together. I wouldn't have seen. Or let me say it like this. Maybe others would not have recognized. There are some things, can I tell you, God will push pause on in your life just to make sure everybody shows up who needs to show up to see the miracle he's going to do. That is make an Episcopalian shout I'm telling you Mary and Martha he's on his way don't you think for one minute that his ability he can't raise Lazarus they sent messengers they said come quickly and then we find as to where seeming four days late the body now stinks but Jesus shows up and he doesn't look at his watch he doesn't ask somebody for the calendar they even came crying and said you're four days too late and Jesus stood but the Bible said brother Hill, he wept and it wasn't for Lazarus but it was for the faith of those that were gathered around I'm here to tell you I'm glad God pushed Pauls on some miracles in my life because he got a crowd together I want to remind the church he still prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies there are some times God will bring some folks to the table and he says now 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 I'll answer because my purpose is equated with my time hallelujah hallelujah It's not everybody's getting this but your pastor's getting it this morning. It may not be for anybody else but me. There's been times, Sister Mary, I didn't understand. And God said, hang on. I've got a crowd coming. And we say, oh, hang on, Lord. Hang on, Lord. You sure you want a crowd? Because what if you don't? What if you don't? What if the family, Sister Sylvia says, were fools? What if the, fa- what if the church folks says, you're crazy, look at them. They've been praying this whole time. But God will get a bunch of folks around. Because what did he say before they ever left to go to Lazarus, Brother Gary? Even his disciples kind of got antsy. Hey, hey, Jesus, aren't we going to go? I don't know if you heard him correctly. They said it was Lazarus. Did, did you catch that part? Don't we got to go now? What did he say? He said his death. He said this situation is for the what? The glory of God. You see sometimes for God's purpose to be in effect in you and your family. The even if. When you grab a hold of the even if. You've got to grab a hold of even when. Because when you see God do something. Not only will you undeniably know it, but I know some folks that are serving God today because they was a part of the crowd who saw the miracle. They were a part of the crowd who witnessed and seen that the Lord was good. The Bible declares they were astonished when old Lazarus he came on hopping out of that tomb And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. I want to remind the church. We need some folks of even if. Even when. And in conclusion, Brother Danny and Carolyn, if you'd come. Even then. I want you to notice that when we talk about God's timing. We see that even if deliverance, brother Andy, did not come in the form because listen, we would be conditioned to think that if God delivered, it would mean we never would have been in the fiery furnace. That's how we are. That's how we think. So they said, even if, we got to go in there. He's still able. And I want you to notice, and they said, and in regards to that said, He will deliver. Listen, they didn't say He would deliver us out of the furnace. They said, He will deliver us out of your hand. So they also could imply, Brother Pickens, even if we meet death today, we're going to be with the Lord. Either way, we're going to be delivered out of your hand. You hear that? But I want you to notice, when I told you about the crowd... Think about this. The even ifers and the even winners, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. My great-grandma Ada Reynolds, she said, Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed we go. That's how she pronounced Abednego. (laughs) You remember that, Aaron Ray? (laughs) But what happened was, We think of deliverance as, we, well, we'll never have to go through the fire. Nope. They were right in the middle of it. And not only just the fiery furnace, but seven times hotter than it's ever been. And they got in there, and if you will read the scripture, read the entirety of the story. The king and his leaders and his princes, it said everybody was gathered around watching. They was waiting for weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, but it never happened. And old Nebi said, get out of the way. Let me look in there. He said, didn't we just put three fellas in here? He said, but I see four. And this pagan king knew nothing about God, brother Gary. All of a sudden had a revelation. He said, and the fourth man looks like the son of God. Can I tell somebody there's some of you that you're in a fire right now? You're in a furnace, but be careful because God's bringing a crowd around and you're saying, Well, I'm struggling, Brother Jake. The prayer hasn't come. I thought I'd be delivered out of this furnace, but there's some folks looking in the fire. Do you know what's interesting? The Bible never indicates that the children saw him in the fire. Think about that. Never said Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw him. They weren't giving him high fives. It never says they fell down and worshipped his feet. But we do know Nebuchadnezzar saw him. The Bible says it plainly. And there are times people are coming around and they're looking at your life. And let me remind you, child of God, they are looking how you handle difficult days if you're pouting, crying, cussing every time a bad day comes, watch yourself because you are not being a testimony. No person can look at you in that state of mind and say, I see Christ in that. Mm-mm. Can't do it. The crowd gather around because, listen, when Nebuchadnezzar called them out, they walked out. The Bible said, not even a hair was singed. They don't even smell like smoke. Not one thread has been burned. Could it be, child of God, that you're in the furnace that the even if and even when is so that even then people can recognize and see that God is a God who never fails and He is always faithful and He is a God that is worth living for. The Bible says this, when they came out, Sister Sylvia... Oh Nebi made a decree, he said we're going to serve the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Even if, even when, and even then. I want to read to you this and remind you. The Bible here declares that it was the man that we believe and know who probably suffered the most. Than anybody, Job, Job thirteen and fifteen. Even then, there must be a resolve to believe. He said, "Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain my own ways before him." Do you know what that phrase right there means? I will maintain my own ways before him, Sister Laura. It means this, I will keep my integrity. Remember, what was the temptation? His wife said, curse God and die. He said, I'm not going to curse Him. He said, I will keep my own ways. Though He slay me, yet will I trust Him. And I will keep my integrity. Even if, even when, and even then. I already quoted it, but in Luke 22 and 42, this is Jesus Himself saying, Father, if Thou be willing, remove this cup from me. You must remember He prayed this three times, but He always had the same resolve. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done not my will what was he saying even if even when and even then i'm going to trust you father i'm going to believe your ways are higher than mine i'm going to hold on to you this morning i'm preaching to some folks at every family in this church you know about pain you know about heartache You know about unfamiliar and unforeseen circumstances. Some of you involved in it right now. Some of you on your way out. And some of you just getting into it. But I want to challenge you this. Do you have the courage that you're going to live for him? Even if. Even when. And even then. Because if you're not careful we too quickly become adapt and programmed to serve God based upon contingencies. Some of you right now, you're struggling with commitments you made because you made a commitment thinking that if you made that commitment, God would have already answered your prayer. God would have already worked the miracle. Well, Brother Jake, we prayed, we fasted, we did this, we did that. Even if, even when, even then, Lord, I'm going to love you. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed all over this house. Father, I thank you today that, Lord, no matter the outcomes of our life, here's what we know is true. You never lie. You never fail. It's never beyond your ability. Even when the answers no, even when the miracle doesn't happen, But Lord, today we're trusting You. Trusting Your purpose. And we're going to trust Your time. And we're going to stay true. And we're going to stay faithful. What happens if inflation continues to go out out of control? What happens if we're visited with another pandemic? What happens if war touches our shores? God help us that our resolve would be even if, even then... Even when. God, help us that we can say that we're ready because, Lord, there's a separation going on. The wheat from the chaff. The sheep from the goats. Light from darkness. Those that are just after your miracles and those that are after you. Help us. Challenge us. Change us. This morning, I'm simply going to ask... If maybe this morning, maybe you're in the heat of the battle, maybe this morning there's some fresh there's some fresh decisions that need to be made in your life. Maybe this morning the Holy Ghost has revealed to you or spoke something to your heart that while you're in the waiting, while you're waiting for things to happen, while you're in the process, that you see exactly what maybe needs to be done. You see where your level of commitment needs to be. If that's us this morning, why don't we come? I believe the Lord is speaking, I believe the Holy Ghost is dealing. Why don't we come? Would you step out and obey the Lord? Would you step out and yield and surrender? Would there be some folks that would say even if? Would there be some folks that would say even when? Would there be some people that would say even then Lord?